0: You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise,
1: we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Paul.
0: I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Have you heard, Paul? Everything you've imagined is coming true. It is. The Ford Bronco. Now has a raptor, which means we already have bird riding horse. So now we need Sweet. the snake being held by the mouth of the bird riding the horse so we can be the Shelby Raptor Bronco. <laughs> and if we're lucky, Hennessy will do something to it, which yes. is going to add some sort of Hennessy logo on top of it and it'll be a four stack. They're known for doing the velociraptor
1: thing. So can True. we add dinosaurs to the go. logo? Yeah. Uh, the dinosaur is probably the biggest. Of all of them. Yes. So the other animals have to either be on its back or in its <laughs> claw. Mm. The, what, maybe it's the horse
0: being attacked by a velociraptor who has an eagle on top of it with a, with a like snake in a mouth.
1: snake like a yeah. lasso.
0: Something like that. It's all coming true, though. The Bronco Raptor's <laughs> oh, just been revealed. It's going to be $70,000 and up. We actually have our standard Bronco and Wrangler piece coming out this week on YouTube because we know that everything's going to be Bronco Raptor in a couple months. No one's driven it yet.
1: Yeah, that's the funny Which thing is hysterical. the reveal. Nobody drove Everybody's it. Everybody's yep. just
0: walked around it and talked about it. But here are the talking points. 400 plus horsepower. They haven't even released a torque figure yet. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. 3 liter twin turbo V6, 10 inches wider than the current Bronco. And the current Bronco, if you get all the goodies, has 35 inch tires. 35? What are we doing? This has 37. Mo better. It's, it's absurd. It's mo It has working vents and a rear spare tire. And you know what I can't help but thinking as I look at video and pictures of this? The Jeep makes more horsepower? They made it look like a Wrangler.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of Wrangler, the 392 Wrangler mm-hmm. is over comparo. here with 475 horsepower and 470 pound feet of torque. And similar prices. Is Jeep worried? Do you think Jeep is worried? Or are they just sitting back going, finally, guys, I think they welcome to
0: the I think we all knew it was coming. To the party. Yeah. But here's the thing. That'll be the comparo. Jeep, at least, was way out front. They, so they were. So that'll be the Compero. It was the 392 yeah. versus, the, uh, versus this Raptor.
1: Velocis, Snake, Venom, Raptor, it's all, Shelby. I'm telling you, I, I I really
0: that's the next Paul Design videos. I want you to sit down and design that logo of everything I combined. To. The mashup
1: logo, because it's coming. I'm glad I waited until now with the <laughs> Now we know. Add the Hennessy Velociraptor uh-huh. part. It's gonna have two million horsepower. Mm-hmm. And when you start out, you can cruise by base camp at Everest. And all those idiots trying to climb Mount Everest, you can just cruise right by them and just wait till you put it in four low. Yeah, heated seats. Because then you can just drive to the top and offer everybody water if you want. Got your
0: oxygen sitting beside you in the cup holder. (laughs) Why are you out of breath?
1: Just hop in the back. Yeah, we're doing it in in the the Hiddicee
0: Bronco. It's going to be great. (laughs) Now climbing Everest. So if you haven't heard Bronco Raptor, It happened. The solution to all of
1: our problems. The cause and the solution to all of our problems. I didn't know
0: we needed it, but there it is. (laughs) But again, our our normal Sasquatch, which sounds almost quaint now, our normal Bronco versus normal Rubicon Wrangler piece that was just on TV. We're actually putting it out this week on YouTube, so it's coming on Thursday, so definitely watch that. And then we'll all sit around and wait for the actual driving impressions of this, because that's the thing I find funny. That's true. All these people have been to this reveal. We didn't go. But one of the big reasons that we're not there is because, guess what? There's no driving. Makes the Sasquatch version sound like you bought
1: a quilt. <laughs> oh, you bought the Sasquatch. Oh nice. I've always liked it. Sa- it looks so nice. I didn't nice. know you were into antiquing. That's really nice. Well, well, the fantastic. Sasquatch version. That's cute. Yeah, it's with the th- oh, the one with the little 35s. <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We've got a great topic Tuesday from Tom G. in Australia, writing if he needs a second car. Or he asks, does he stop needing to be so precious? Mm. And then we've got a cool car debate down here from Elias K., which is a dream car debate for him. And he's wondering, he's got a good list going, mm-hmm. but I have an even better list because I spent more of your money. Oh, good. Well, there there you go. Paul, it's exciting. Paul's, Paul's in the house, folks. It's happening. Isn't it more it's exciting happening. when we spend more money? It is. One goes with another. Exciting can be a word. Terrifying can be another. But that's what we're doing. <laughs> Let's jump into the topic Tuesday, first of all, from Tom, who writes to us. Asking for some car sense, Mm. talked into him. Okay. He's in Australia. We don't know where, but he's 23. Currently drives a 2016 Golf R with the DSG. Loves it. Okay. Love car. That's great. Yeah. Had the car six months. By no means done with it, he says, and puts a smile on his face every time he drives it. Great. Here's the issue. It's his only car. Mm. Still fine. He commutes about 60 kilometers a day, about 38 miles a day, five days a week. The commute is going to be getting longer, mm-hmm. increasing to 100 kilometers, 62 miles per day. Thankfully, he says the car and the t- time in the car won't increase just the distance because he's changing roads. He's, doing, mm-hmm. yeah. he's no yeah, longer yeah. doing city commuting. He's doing highway commuting now. Now, Tom is hesitant about putting that kind of mileage on this car because okay. it's not cheap to maintain, of course, mm-hmm. in the way a Civic or Camry is, he writes. Fuel is also getting more expensive here in Australia, he says, and he wants to experience this car the best he can. Mm -hmm. He's got plans to track it and putting such a massive amount of mileage on it doesn't seem like the best thing to do. Okay. Okay. So this context, he's moving further away from work. He'll be living in the hills. Very cool. With a capital H. Yes. Where are the hills? Somewhere somewhere where he says there are many driving opportunities in Good roads, which is great. That's excellent. But he's thinking because he's got a longer commute Mm -hmm. and he wants to do stuff to the Golf R, he's now wondering about buying a cheap commuter car. Okay. He's thinking save the R from commute duty and take about $8,000 budget because it would be hard to convince the MOF to go any higher. Yes. He's looking at mid to late 2000s Honda Accord Euros, which the Acura TSX in North America, Mm -hmm. and the similar year Mazda 6s. He says car suggestions are needed. His requirements for this commuter are tall. It's a long list. It needs to be cheap both to buy and maintain. Mm -hmm. At least somewhat dynamic, economical, comfortable for long distances, something with a longer wheelbase than the golf, yeah. and not a money pit, although he can do minor servicing himself. See, he knows that's a lot of requirements. Mm-hmm. But he says he's got the option of highway commuting or taking back roads if the highway backs up, of course. And it would be good if he could fit his dog. Twenty five kilogram dog, although he is more than happy in the golf, so it's not essential. Yeah, yeah. But if he were to get the commuter, it would be just that. The golf would be, would be driven everywhere besides work. It would be the fun car driven around the hills with a capital H yes, exactly. every weekend mm-hmm. and during the week if he goes out after work. Sure. And he says, you know, maybe a road trip to work if he wants to enjoy the back roads before work, you know, kind of it's now in the mix. It's an option. Mm-hmm. But, okay, here's, all, but here's the twist. like having that.
0: He says, there is the other thought here. And this is where the actual topic Tuesday and, and debate part of this comes in. He says, I could just suck it up. I could just accept mm-hmm. the fact that the golf is great and it's great at being a commuter. And he could just keep driving it on the commute. And mm-hmm. he could save his money mm-hmm. that he has a little bit of now and get a fun car, a dedicated fun car, down through the years from now. Just, just save up a little bit. Use the Golf as, as it's being used right now. And so he's very curious what he should do because his friends are telling him, buy like a $3,000 Corolla. But then he realizes, I'm going to be in that car every day. Yeah, And this is, this is the key thing I want to start with, Tom, is just the fact that the reason this show is called Everyday Driver is because we, at our core, want the car you spend time in to be something you enjoy. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to have a Lotus Elise, I'm pointing at me, for everything you do. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, we absolutely understand you have to have a car that does things that fit your life. Okay, In spite of the fact there might be a more fun car than the one you need, let's make sure the car you need is still as fun as it can be. Yeah, What you're talking about doing, Tom, is buying a torture chamber on purpose to save your Golf R. Buying something really cheap, which means it won't be in good shape. I mean, look, Paul and I bought really cheap old luxury sedans. Money pits. Now, now it was a laugh. We had a lot of fun with it. (laughs) And there was that anxiety every time we started them up. Indeed. But they were our extra cars. Okay? Right. You're talking about buying your primary car and spending no money. The daily. It's the car you will use more than anything and spending no money. And while I understand the budget of that, you're going to instantly put yourself in a situation where you as a person that likes cars is by choice in a car you don't like every single day.
1: That's excellent. Tom, when I was 23, I had the same outlook. I had the same mindset. Don't put miles. I don't want to Mm. put miles on the car. And here I am years later, and I regret it. Hmm. I do. In, in a weird way, I, I just, I regret it. Because I had a Honda Accord at the time, which mm-hmm. was a 1992 EX 16-valve manual. The nicest
0: Honda Accord of that era you have ever seen is the one that Paul had and maintained. This was the dawn <laughs> of GRIOS products in his life. I cannot <laughs> stress to all of you listening enough how nice this car was. I can't stress to you enough.
1: Now, I will say, when I got rid of it, it had 183,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. So I drove it, but that just added over time. That was yeah. just the this car is only for that purpose. It's the same mindset, Todd, as most people, and I'm not trying to generalize, but I am <laughs> by the fact that you should only use your car when you have a real reason. Like mm. You got to go to work. That's a real reason to yeah. use your car. You and I are not like that. What do you mean? You're just getting your car f- to go driving for two hours and you don't have a destination. You're going to end up back at your house. And <laughs> we were just here. Why? You <laughs> We could have stayed. stayed here. We could have stayed yeah. and not done that. You mean you just went driving mm. just for the sake of driving? Yeah. With And you threw the mileage out the window. Caution to the wind mm-hmm. on the odometer mm-hmm. whirling around. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even care? <gasps> How dare you? And you just it cost you money because you spent gas and burned gas and wait. And that that's what you like to do. And that got your way and that soothed your soul. And that helped you because you love to drive and you got to get out and see things and think about other things and driving and Mm -hmm. do what you love. Mm -hmm. Huh? That's an entirely different mindset than where I was. The car is for the thing you have to do. Okay, Mm. you're going on vacation. Take the car. Mm -hmm. But that's a real reason. (laughs) Okay, you're going skiing. You're going mountain biking. You're going to the store. You have to Mm -hmm. eat. You're going out with friends. Those are all real reasons. Take your car. But just to go drive for no reason? Horrors. Interesting. Interesting. I see. So now here I am. I feel like this is a reflection, Tom, in a weird way. Mm, And I'm talking to me more than I'm talking to you. Because if I were you, I would suck it up. Mm, okay. Drive that thing. Okay. You have it mm-hmm. and you love it. Yeah. And you're 23. Mm. Your lifetime is ahead of you for owning fun, cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. And what if you were, yeah, you bought a Corolla for three, Between, let's say five. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You bought a car, whatever I mean, it is. Yeah, it is for sure. And you're spending money on it and mm-hmm. you're commuting, dreaming about like, ah, my Golf R is at home mm-hmm. sitting, I'm paying for it. Yeah. Insurance. Yeah. Maybe you're making payments on it. Sitting there, I'm not in it. Mm-hmm. Why am I not in it? Oh, because of miles. Because I'm putting the miles on this thing, mm-hmm. and it's taking the miles, and it's fine. But then life will get in the way of you taking your golf R out. I agree. And I you'll think get home, home too. Yeah. And then uh, it's Saturday. I don't want to really go anywhere. I've been out. I'm tired. I just want to hang. I wonder about that relax. too. Relax, and the car sits all weekend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you get back in your commuter on Monday morning. And the golf has sat for now two weeks. Yeah, that's very likely. That can happen. I'm painting a picture, Mm -hmm. but it's one that's possible. Versus the golf gets driven, you're commuting home. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday morning, fire that puppy up, and you go for a drive for two hours. Theoretically, yeah. And you put as much mileage on it as you put all week commuting. (sighs) (laughs) What on earth? Oh, no. (laughs) What happened? On the other hand, you're living your life. The Mm -hmm. car doesn't own you, and that was the crux. That's what happened to me. Mm. The cars owned me Mm. because I wasn't willing to go live my life and drive it when I wanted to. That's good. And the mileage fear owned me. Yeah. And I wish I hadn't. I wish I had just driven it. I did for the most part, but I wish I would have just ground that Honda into the earth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I kind of did. I drove, but it was still. Great looking, well-kept. And that's yeah. the thing. I'm not talking about abuse. Don't No, 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 no. I know you aren't. Yeah. You know, grind your car. Keep it really nice. Mm-hmm. Make those upgrades and and uh, upkeep. You know, do yeah, the maintenance sure. when you for need sure. to. Maintain it as you need to. Yeah. You'll reach mileage where some big surfaces do, and you're going to have to pay a bunch of money to fix the thing or replace the part. Okay.
0: Well, probably less than what you would have spent to get your cheap commuter and then Here maintain it. Here we go.
1: Because here's the thing. That $5,000
0: commuter, I guarantee you it needs tires. It probably needs an oil change, and it probably needs something else. I don't know what the something a battery. else is, but there's something else going on. There's probably a thousand or two thousand dollars worth of right away stuff the minute you buy that cheap car. Yep, and that's not in here. That thousand or two thousand dollars, let's say you put in that car. What if you spend it in two years maintaining the Golf? Okay, I, I completely agree with you. This is a suck it up equation. The other reason is because we're talking about a Golf R. Right. Okay. Yes. So look, the GTI and the Golf R. This is what they're for. The thing that they are the best at it, look, I've been in lots of them and I've made many comments about the fact that I wish Volkswagens were even more fun than they are are from the factory. Mm -hmm. And I know all of you have responded to me about all the tunes and we have our friends at Integrated Engineering that do phenomenal things to Volkswagen products. I know it's possible. I'm not not questioning any of that. But the key thing that Volkswagen has done with that car and the GTI and the Golf R is they have made probably the world's greatest all around. That's a good point. It isn't as fun as I'd like it to be. But you know what? It's nicer to be in than just about any fun car I can think of. So you've got something that feels like a low-end luxury vehicle to just sit in traffic. And then guess what? When the road gets fun, the car's fun. Yeah. So what you're talking about here is taking a Golf R whose purpose in life is to be a fast do-it-all and a commuter with some fun sauce on top of it. Fun sauce? And you're parking it. And you're making it this lionized thing up on a pedestal that is only a fun car, which is, to be honest, the Golf R is not fun enough to just be the fun car. That's great. It's not. That's great. If if you're going to tell me, Tom, I want a fun-only car, and you want a car that is an event you're going to get into on your nights or your weekends for date night or just put a couple hundred miles on, look, you're talking to us. We fully 100% support that idea. Totally. Go get yourself an only fun car, but make it a fun-only car. Make it something Mm. that is so fun that it is an event. Now, I'm the crazy guy that I would commute in a Miata or a Lotus Elise or whatever because I'm weird. And also, I don't sit on the… And done a big road
1: trip in the Elise. I don't
0: sit in traffic on the 405, though. I've mentioned that before. If I did every day, I wouldn't own the Elise. I wouldn't do that in the Elise because that's terrible. Okay? But if you're going to have a fun car, make it a car whose purpose is fun who was designed to be as fun as it can be because that's its only reason for being. The golf is everything. It's everything. And it commutes well. (laughs) So it's not fun enough, focused and fun enough. Even Look, I know you're saying, yeah, but I'm going to do this tune and I'm going to do Stop. Stop. Because this is the thing. Make it your commuter and don't do anything to it. Just maintain it. Because as you start cranking it up into the I bought – Oh, I'm stage four, whatever the heck that means, depending on who you asked. As you do that, you, you theoretically question its long-term reliability. Leave it factory stock. Oh, put tires on it, maintain it, do all of your oil and fluid changes, do all the filters when it needs it. Just maintain it and drive it. Because the flip side of this is, we had this conversation with a friend this weekend, that car's not going up in value. They made a lot of them. There's no reason to worry about miles. That's true. It's just drive that's it, true. maintain it, enjoy it. You love it. So love it every single day, and here's what you do. Start talking to the Minister of Finance and start taking a serious
1: look at your budget for what could the fun car be and win Exactly. And you're looking down the road for the other cars you want to have. You list them at Mm -hmm. the bottom of your email here. Talk about an M2 or a 3.0 Supra in the future, like five years or so when those prices drop. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Mm -hmm. But Tom, I never had as satisfying a feeling as I had At the track day for our recent Utah meetup back in Mm. September 2021, okay, when we took our cars to the track after doing a huge drive in them, got back in them the next day. They were filthy from the road trip, Mm -hmm. put stickers on them, and then we drove the boop-boop off of them (laughs) on track. Yeah, Yeah. And I had this incredibly satisfying feeling of driving a GTS-flavored Porsche, Mm -hmm. and it's such a balance between good street driving and good on track. Yeah. And I felt like I was getting my money's worth. That's interesting. I yeah. felt like I yeah. extracted all the water out of that washcloth. Mm-hmm. I got everything out of it in mm-hmm. one in one weekend, three days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wrung out the washcloth. I got all I wanted out of it. That's good. And it was so satisfying. That's good. And I thought, I'm using the car like Porsche intended the GTS flavor to do. Mm, that's very good. And I, it just struck me. It was mid-track. I was hurtling down the front straightaway, going (laughs) 131 miles an hour. I'm going, and I was just on a road trip, and I just I didn't do anything to it, and I'm tracking the boop boop off of it right now. That's great. Driving it hard, it is not sitting waiting for me for an Mm. event. Mm. I'm in charge here. That's cool. It felt so good, and so that's the feeling Mm. I want for you out of your Golf R because let's come to sale time, two, three, four, five years. Sure, yeah, it's. 20,000 extra miles, 30,000 extra miles from what it could have been mm-hmm. a low miles car. Is it worth the, you made four grand more? Mm. Is it really worth it? Mm. Or would you have rather had the experiences and mm. the fun in wringing out your car and getting your money's worth? Yeah. Yeah. It's worth less later. Okay. Well, and why okay. Why are we saving our cars for the person we're going to sell it to? Exactly. Why are we doing that? You're saving it for the next owner. Yeah. That struck me so much. Tom, I'm, I'm reading an email that I should have written to me when I was 23, <laughs> and it's from you. And so I encourage you, continue to save your money for what's next, because M2s and Supers might be meh i I'm, I'm not interested in those anymore i'm interested in something else but now well, i've got a little nut saved up here let's say
0: in two years he can't afford either one of those and the golf r is working great as a daily but he could get himself a
1: miata for nothing and have that as a fun car and his great. wife goes this is cool great and your life will change you, you don't know what's going to happen That's in your very life true. where you're it's living true. yep work situation yep. all that stuff so continue to look i i mean i i know i don't have to encourage you to continue to look at whatever cars you will look nobody Welcome. needs yeah. that encouragement no, actually. we're, we're but, all here together yeah you know continue to dream and think about what you want and in the meantime maybe you'll have some experiences in those cars that's good and you'll come away knowing i know i want a 3.0 supra i just know there i do go. yeah and then eventually you'll get one or it'll take it right out of the equation wow i drove it i thought i wanted one guess i don't mm. What else am I interested in? And so this time with you and your golf, you're getting you're extracting all for. the juice out what of that it's orange. For, though. And then you'll have experiences along the way. You'll yeah, have a friend, yeah. you'll have a car, hey, I know somebody. That, oh, he'll let you drive the car and you'll get experiences along that along the road. And uh then you'll come back, you'll hey, I've got a high mileage golf for sale. Okay. Yeah. Would a really well maintained high mileage car. Deter you from buying it, Tom. That's a big discussion we have here a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, really well if maintained, you know, it's well maintained, but it's got a lot of miles. Yeah. I wouldn't hesitate to buy that car. I hear you
1: on that. Yeah. The higher the mileage, the more likely all the parts that need replacing have been done. <laughs> He's done all the things. Yeah. But that, that is true. <laughs> the, the worst The
0: worst car, the worst Volkswagen on the planet is the one with 61,000 miles. Yes. Nothing's been done to that yes. car. And guess what it needs? Everything.
1: And you get to be the idiot. Yes, exactly. Our friends at Griot's Garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever. Start with the new ceramic wash and coat, an ultra-slick formula that can be used with either the bucket wash method, which I like, or a foaming sprayer, which I also like, or a cannon, which I also like. We actually take Griot's Speed Shine with us on
0: every single shoot. It's the ultimate for quick detailing, and it now has ceramic protection as well. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection
1: days. And they even have ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products or use them as your new wash routine. They are 100% guaranteed and all their liquid products are made in the USA. Don't forget to use the code EDRIVER when you order at griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's G R I O T S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com.
0: Now we have a cool car debate from Elias. He's uh, he's dreaming. His wife calls it a midlife crisis and he says, okay. He's got a really good budget. He's got up to $90,000. He doesn't need to spend that much, but he's got up to $90,000 to shop for a fun sports car. He's shopping for, like, for him, the penultimate sports car. And it's, again, his wife is kind of in the corner by, hello, by the way. And she's kind of snickering and going, This is your midlife crisis car. And he's going, I don't care. I'm a
1: car guy and I have the ability to do this. Let's find me that car. <laughs> he considers this his dream car purchase, Love something it. he'll hang on to for years to come. Okay but he could never own a vehicle that has impressive specs but indifferent looks mm. it needs to have a distinct but subtle design in other words not the look at me design but he says this is highly subjective depends on the person so this would be driven mostly in the san francisco bay area mild weather conditions okay it's the fun car only it's the event car only it is it is so it needs to drive and perform well but isn't necessarily at the top of its respective model lineup So is this more like a nap car, not a full dream kind of thing? Are we like dozing car? Because when you're dreaming, you're asleep. I've never understood dream car, and I, I should be awake when I'm driving,
0: actually. <laughs> that took a turn. Okay, but I take your point. He, he doesn't have to go for for the full sauce version of anything. It, right. can, it can be, I have this and I love it. It doesn't have to be the most hair on fire version. And things like the Civic Type R are out. That's a little flamboyant. Right Elias is not really wanting to be super flamboyant with his car either.
1: Right. So this is driving for fun routes and attending car meets. But ideally, it must have some level of practicality used every now and then for, of course, everyday driving, but comfortable enough to be taken on a road trip. Yeah. yeah. Like to the opposite coast. Yes. Maybe. Fun events and maybe long stretches of road trips and
0: also a car he'd be proud of to just take to Cars and Coffee. It's all of the above. This is the fun,
1: special car. Yeah, this is it. Well, it's in the unique category. He's not looking for something that you see as frequently as a Mustang, which is a great car. Nice save there. Yeah, but, he, but he's acknowledging the fact. Look, if everybody has one, he, he'd like to not be a,
0: one of a string of it. You know, I'll tell you something crazy, Elias. It means you can't get a 9-11. I fully agree. You, you wouldn't believe. I completely believe. agree. We, we are here in Park City. I realize there's a lot of money here, but we're here in Park City, and our local cars and coffee is probably 30% 9-11s.
1: I love 9-11s. You do? I am thrilled to see the 9-11s. Uh-huh. Yeah. But in this case... So many people have 911s, and especially in California, especially in the Bay Area, so yeah. many people yeah, have 911s. Sure. Absolutely, and I get it about the uniqueness. Elias is looking at the Toyota Supra 3.0. Okay. He doesn't understand the hate towards the Supra. Neither do we. I don't either. <laughs> it's it's excellent. Yeah. It's excellent. I understand it doesn't work for some people, but it is excellent. He says performance and looks definitely check all the boxes for him. Love it. Porsche Cayman S is on the list. He also loves the looks of the Cayman Spider, but the price is prohibitive. Spider would have probably been at the top of his list if it wasn't for the price. Okay, so Boxster w- Spider is I will there note that, that, that yes. little sentence mm-hmm. there. Yeah, we're coming back to that. Throw it out. Uh, Kidding. Okay. Maybe not. Corvette C8 is on the list. He loves how the Corvette looks, although its design goes against his subtlety requirement. <laughs> it's going to depend on your color, I
0: think. Did you know that they sell it? They don't call it this, but I'm going to call it what it is. Do you know they sell the C8 in brown? <laughs> they call it like... It's like... Copper,
1: you know, it's like bronzish coppery,
0: copper. It's brown. It is glossy brown. Now, my my point here is, obviously, I want you to get a car in a color. But the way you subtle you make the C8 subtle is you you get it in something that's not a flashy color. You don't get it in red or yellow or something like that. Right. It tones it down a lot. That car in black is menacing, but kind of subtle
1: which is interesting. Yeah, true, true. But
0: but this, so you are acknowledging the fact, and frankly, I also say this to you, Elias, Mm -hmm. the Supra is not subtle. Supra styling is look at me. And the best color on the Supra is the yellow, which is definitely look at me, but that's the color
1: that car belongs. Everybody see a yellow, and we're like, yes, that's exactly right. He's got the Lotus Amira on his list here. Yes, won't be 90, but okay. Won't be 90, but if... I don't think. if, If you're suggesting the Amira... That was a mistake on your part because that just opens up the door to more mm. cash.
0: <laughs> I, I'm hoping the uh, the Amira is price affordable as well.
1: But wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to those four above, what would we recommend other than these? Okay. He would also consider a used car purchase, which is great. It's not
0: like I have ninety grand spend at all, which I realize you're going to probably double it. But uh, but no. he's he's also just saying <laughs> he's also just saying you know I, I look a three Supra <laughs> is half your
1: budget. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean that's that's the thing. May, maybe maybe two thirds. So yeah, but this is also a long term purchase. It this is. is a it's a throwdown. You know, I've got it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use it. I'm going to drive it. And you've heard what we said to Tom in Australia, Elias. Mm-hmm. We want you to use it. Once you get it, it's not the yes. Ha! I've got mm-hmm. it. Sweet. It's shiny. Don't drive
0: it because it'll get dirty. Yes. I, I we're going to hit on that again, and that is key. I, I'm also going to say to you, as you look at this list, as you look at any of these cars. Please look at them of things you're going to drive, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if let's say something at the upper level of your budget, or Paul finds the perfect car and it's twice your budget, if that's going to keep you from driving it, you can't get that car.
1: That's true. Uh, if the money, the, the cost of the car keeps you yes away from it, yes. but you have it, a little bit of you is satisfied, and most isn't. Yeah, true. I hope I detailed that. Now, regarding this I- Amira idea. It brought up this question in my mind that is possibly a whole other topic Tuesday, and that is, should manufacturers make the last of the last cars, the last of the breed, the last of the ice car? Mm -hmm. This is it. It No more from here on out. That's what that represents. Yeah. As much as we're looking forward to that. That's what Lotus has said for sure, yeah. Bummer.
0: This is the last one. And, of course, you say that because it's going to sell help cars everybody too. To sell them. Yeah. You're, you're going to really buy these now. <laughs> it's going – you know, Sorry, side note. Did you know there was a policy at Disney for a long time, before streaming existed, long before Disney Plus? Okay. Where Disney – you have to have kids to get this, but, uh, but many of you come across it. Disney would release their movies – on blu-ray and dvd mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was like get it now and you'd see tv commercials it was like get it now the lion king is available on dvd right and it would be available for like a quarter and then it would vanish and they'd put it back in the vault that just made people buy it every yeah. other movie studio on the planet you could just go i'd like to buy mission impossible and the clerk would go okay we'll get that for you
1: right but disney's like yeah. well you
0: know what we don't have cinderella available right now it's in the vault you know what? You've got a million copies sitting there on DVD. You're just not going to sell it until next month. It's the same right, kind of thing. This until is the we last, blow the dust off. It's the last car. Yeah.
1: Get it now. We're, it, we're in a lot of that right now because of electrics, for sure. It's kind of bugging me. It's getting worse. The, the problem is well, getting worse.
0: I think. The the, uh, the Blackwing, Cadillac, yes, the CT5 and CT4 yes. Blackwing, it's like the last last rear-wheel drive, manual trans, And they're brilliant from mm-hmm. everything we understand, but they're like, last, last. Get it now.
1: Elias, I started with the BMW M2 CS. Oh, okay. Ninety grand. There ninety. There grand. it goes. That that right M2 out the CS, door. All of it. Yep. Spend all your money. What a great car! It's a car. It's not a real sports car. I mean, it does sports car things. It's it amazing, does. and I mm-hmm. love it. It drives amazingly well. Yes, it does.
0: Watch our, our M2 CS Evora piece yes. on YouTube and elsewhere, Amazon everywhere.
1: What a car! I would own it. Mm-hmm. To most people doesn't look like a dream car yeah fair it just says cs on the back and most people go it's a cute little blue car Mm -hmm. cool wheels Cool wheels. Oh, look Subaru livery on a BMW. Oh no, the it is worst thing you Let's can. Let's be say, honest. It is. Yeah, it looks great, but that's what it is. But it doesn't look like a dream car. Yeah, fair. it doesn't match fair. what you envision yourself looking like because you said style and uniqueness is so yeah, important to key. you. It's great. It doesn't fit that. Spends your money and it drives well, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fit that. So then I backed up, thought, okay. Let's look at Ferrari. Let's take a look. Oh, wow. Okay. And I thought about the 360 Modena. If you could find one with manual transmission. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Special. Drive it. Mm -hmm. You'll definitely maintain it. Mm -hmm. But what a car. Get one that's not red. Get one that's not red. Manual transmission. It's a rare beast. You'll pay more than $90,000. On the other hand, it is a Ferrari 360. I'm not saying buy it because the prices or the value is going back up, but kind of. Well, they're
0: going to sit there. They certainly will sit. A 360 in a manual is just going to sit there. You've
1: parked your money in, in that uh, car. We'll say the Tour de France blue, that gorgeous blue. Yes, that, that car looks great in blue. Amazing. That'd be really interesting. Need to drive it? Then I thought, if we're, if we're looking at Ferraris. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, Elias, I mean, we're looking we're at Ferraris. Here. here we are. Fell over. how we got here. Landed in Ferraris. Here we are. Well, if any, and you want a Ferrari, and you want a manual transmission. There's really nothing better than a manual transmission screwed to a V12. Wow, you really did swing for the fences on this, didn't you? And you said it's a long-term car. Yeah. You said this yeah. is dream car, unique, stylish, beautiful, mm-hmm. turns heads, proud to own that car. That's my car. Wow, you've got one of those? 911 doesn't fit here, but a Ferrari 550 with a manual certainly does. Wow. So, oh, oh. That's a throwdown. Ferrari Five fifty with a manual. <laughs> you're going to need
0: to have an, add a digit in front of your budget. By the way,
1: you will. <laughs> but then I thought, okay, all right. Uh huh. Come back to Earth, Paul. Join us again. Come back. Well, here's the problem. Uh oh. I decided we're not spending enough money.
0: <laughs> Shocker! All of you, sit down and take a breath. I know that just happened. I know you're amazed.
1: Here's why. I love okay. the Amira. Yeah. Amiras aren't going to be ninety, as Todd said. They're probably not. Yeah. But if we're going there. Okay. special unique long term mm-hmm. take out an 840 month loan <laughs> it's a 30 year mortgage on it is a 30 year mortgage on your car yeah just claim that it has an extra bedroom and then it's a second home or something <laughs> the kids live in that <laughs> the kids the kids
0: live the kids in it live in, It's the annex It's the ferrari annex the kids live in it it's working out That's great so i got a
1: 30 year mortgage on my thing anyway i thought of the 570 gt mclaren I, I think of that car, too. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> oh, great, excellent. Yes. Delightful. It does exactly what you want it to do. Everything in your email, <laughs> this is what I want it to do. Because yeah. everything yeah. else on your email didn't strike me as special enough. Interesting. Okay. Amira's, now, the Amir is not on the list because it's more. The True. Amira yeah, is yeah. going to be special. Mm-hmm. It is. I I am amazed by that car. Mm-hmm. It's special. But as cool as the Supra is, as cool as the C8 Vet and the Cayman S... You're going to see more of them. You're going to see a lot of them. You're not yeah, going to get that yeah. unique. It's just going to kind of be like, okay, I guess I have to go park next to the Supra owners to display my car. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Now yeah. also Elias, I would encourage you to not go to the car show and instead Put a couple hundred miles on your car on a Saturday morning. Yes, true. And then show up at the end of the show dirty. <laughs> oh, there's only five minutes left. Bummer. I've just I'm had here. a great time driving. Yeah, well, but. You but people there, have been parked.
0: But there are plenty of people, to to their credit, there are plenty of people that will go to the show and then drive afterward. That does happen. I know that okay, happens. Okay, if you do in the reverse order, either, or or, either way, get the drive done. Don't get just go down. to the show and be done. That's not okay.
1: But then I thought, all right, if we're spending McLaren 570 GT money, Elias,
0: I'm sorry to you and your wife right now. I'm just I'm going to apologize on behalf of the rest of us at Everyday Driver that this is
1: happening. But let's you have just to admit it. L- 360 Mode is viable and cool and yes. interesting and fits the... Yes. yes. But we're way up here in 570 GT money already. Sure, we are. Yeah. I, again, I don't know how we got here, but the unique part stuck out to me. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Elias. Jensen Button, Ant Anstead, oh, no. and Mark Stubbs oh, no. have resurrected a company called Radford Motors, and they're building the Type 62. They're taking orders on their website. Well, at least <laughs> click the button to register your interest. It's one of those, to if you have to ask, doors. you can't afford it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a wild card. It's not even close to viable. It's sell your house and buy a Radford. (laughs) But the only reason I brought it up was to get you thinking differently. Okay. All right. That's it. I'm not saying Radfords are on the table, but it's just a different thought. Yeah. Because it brings up others. It just gets you out of the C8 Corvette and Mm -hmm. Cayman S. Mm -hmm. I love all those cars. They're amazing, but... I really sense a unique, I, I want something nobody else has. I've only got 90 to spend. What can I do? Mm. I don't want you to end up with something you're going to love for, for six months. I want you to sure. spend more and end up with something you're going to love for two decades. Mm. That's where I'm going with this. I like it. I like I'm trying it. to spread the dollars out. I mean, you might just have 90 in cash and mm-hmm. that's wonderful. Many people do not. And get yourself a C8. Well, do the Ferrari 360. That is cool. I mean, you're going to pay like one twenty, maybe. <laughs> you're still but over budget, budget. It's, but like it's 30 Paul. Grand. It's Paul. I get it. it it's, it's, it's no, no, it's no money. money. It's no money. Yes. Yeah. But nevertheless, and you'll have a Ferrari 360 uh, in blue with a manual I, transmission. People are like, wow, you are, what a contrarian you are. What, what, a, what a fantastic choice what that is. What a man of taste. I, I, what kind of watch do you wear, sir? For those
0: of you that are shaking your head or thinking <laughs> about fast-forwarding the podcast right now because the budget is so blown, I'm going to defend Paul in this area in one way and say that honestly, guys... It's not weekly, but it's at least monthly. We get a car conclusion from one of you wonderful listeners that tells us about your story, and you will say, I'm so and so from this, and this is what I'm writing for, and I told you guys I was going to spend this amount, and here's the car I bought. And Paul and I look at each other because it's double. It happens. It happens regularly. Now, yeah. I look, I this is not a financial advice podcast. I will mm-hmm. say it again. I get it. I, I get that budget is a thing. But you would be amazed at how often, because we, all of us listening, love cars, we just go, I'm going to stretch and get that one because it's pretty. And I like it. Which right. Which we're, I of course, going to defend in spite of the fact that we know that was a poor financial choice. But you know what? You're a car person.
1: Look, so, Elias, in all all seriousness, I just name these just to get you thinking differently. I totally do. Because yeah. I, I don't want you to be stuck in like, well, Supers are cool fast but yeah huh well i I don't want you to have that feeling and mm -hmm. you spent all this time and effort and energy and i finally decided and you're like uh...
0: yeah not cool enough
1: i I see it i want to go through the
0: three that you mentioned elias and then i want to add three more first off the supra it's awesome i'm glad you like it i hope you've driven it you you haven't mentioned if you've driven you said you're intrigued by it it checks the boxes have you driven this car Mm -hmm. it's excellent first off it's not subtle yeah. And, 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 yeah. and and it's best in real colors. It looks phenomenal. That that one year only blue they made it in, the red is pretty cool. The yellow is phenomenal on that car. It looks so yes. good. Yes. So that car in a color definitely stands out. I think it completely blows your subtle thing out of the water. But you need to drive it because you'd have money left over. They are excellent. But I do wonder if it's special enough. That's
1: what I, I'm thinking. I do wonder yeah. about that.
0: It's very cool. But you're, you're talking about your moonshot car. Yeah. And the Supra is like, a Concorde, it, it's it's really cool. It's very cool. But you didn't go to the moon in it. Is you it the f- SR seventy one? No, it's, like, it's not. No, it's not that cool. It's, it's not in that. High? It's Concorde. Okay, Concorde. The the SR seventy one is the next one. That's the that's the K S kind of thing. What and was that's the ceiling excellent. on
1: the Concorde? What were they up at? Above fifty thousand?
0: Uh, they were somewhere in that area because they had. to get I mean, they up were above typical. They had they above uh, airliners. Th- typical is thirty, thirty three or so. Right. They were up, yeah, closer to forty. SR seventy one was one eighty. Uh, way up there, like edge of edge of space, edge kind of space. Yeah, 60 was, and above, it was that M-U-2. Anyway, we're way sheesh. off. But It's a great analogy, though. You brought up the Cayman S, and then you said, but you really want a Spider. You want a Boxster Spider, but you can't afford a Boxster Spider. But hang on a minute. Hmm. You can't afford a new Boxster Spider, but go backwards. I'll tell you something, Elias, that I, I stand by, and I stand by this as two things. I'm not the Porsche guy of the two of us. Hmm. And secondly, there is a a disease among the car diseased. <laughs> Especially, There's an extra special, yes, more you, focused. We have dis- the extra variant, and that <laughs> oh, is good. all of the car enthusiasts who discover Porsche and never leave it, and yeah. all of the car journalists who discover Porsche, and that's the only thing they'll consider and buy and talk nicely about, it, and everything else is like, well, that's for everybody else, and I'll tell you about it. But I own a Porsche. These are two things that make me. I, it sounds crazy, not want to buy one. Sure, I will tell you a Porsche that I would buy tomorrow, mm. and that is the first gen, the nine eight seven Boxster Spider. 2011. That car is genuinely special. It is more analog than the versions to follow. It comes with a great six speed. It's less than 3,000 pounds. Those cars are going to be in your budget. And they are very, very special. Don't worry about the latest and greatest version of the Spider. Get that one, the 987 Spider, and that car because they were limited edition. They were only one year. That is rare. Now it's a Porsche, but it's also a, oh my god, it's the connoisseur thing again. It's like oh you oh you have
1: one of those. That's true. It's not just any old you know. You, look, Caymans and Boxsters and and Nine all Lenders, Porsches are they special. are special. But you you will
0: be at a cars and coffee in Porsche row, but you'll be the only 987 Porsche Boxster there.
1: You know, the Cayman R from that same uh, year yes, struck well, me. Cayman well. R's have skyrocketed just a few years ago. I remember you and I discussing mm-hmm. Cayman R's for 55, 50, yeah, somewhere in there. Get a Cayman R. We love it. If you've seen our Cayman Generations mm-hmm. piece, it was my GTS, but we added two new. Now, it's not the 4.0, mm-hmm. but we had all the Cayman's, and yep. we love that Cayman R, unfortunately, because of the weirdness everything skyrocketed and it's from that same era. So I, I don't know what spiders are, but if they were 90, yeah, we, that's compelling. When, we, when
0: we drove one a few years back, we did a test drive on it on our main channel. We did a really good test drive of it and it was, they were like 60, 65 at the time. So have they added 50% to their value? I doubt it, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm sure they've added some. 90 grand, the 987 first-gen Spyder I think is excellent. You can't go wrong with the C8. There's going to be a lot of C8s over time. Mm -hmm. They, They are. And it is a very flashy car. I have three others that I bring up because they're just not common. And I think you should take a look. Okay. The thing that struck me is everything you recommended comes in an auto. You didn't say you need manual. I'm wondering if you want an auto. you haven't specified. Hmm. so we'll see. But I, I'm going to lean toward manual transmission because I think it's just a more special experience. But two, only two of my three come in manual. OK? First off, you need to go drive a Jaguar F-type. They get overlooked. It's great.: They're special. You don't see them. You don't see very many. You
1: don't. Is it enough of a dream car? Is it enough of a I long don't know. Term? I, I, think,
0: I think because it's an atypical choice, it might surprise him.
1: What about brand new?
0: Maybe. A new, brand Maybe. new, the, yeah. the, the kind of yes, restyled for sure. second generation. For sure. I think new or used, drive the Jaguar F-Type. See if that resonates with you because it's not mm. on your radar and I think it should be. And mm. let me put it to you this way. The Jaguar F-Type is more special than a Supra.
1: Yes, all day long. Yes. And
0: more rare than a Supra. Yes. You just don't see them. Yeah. And they're excellent. My used choice, my really used choice out of the alts is a very special car. And I think its specialness is still going to grow. The first gen... Audi R8 with the 4.2 liter V8 and the gated six speed. That automatic of that generation was not good. And it was the only gen that had the gated six speed. Now that 4.2 liter V8, it had some issues that are kind of known issues that you solve. And then it's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. That is a phenomenal to drive car. And it has aged very, very well. It is all wheel drive. And one of the things that kept striking me in your email, Elias, was this idea of road trips. You have like put it out there it's like this, I'd like to do road trips. So something, yeah. because of the road trips you and I have been doing, Paul, something struck me. I was like, what cars would I drive cross-country in? Jaguar F-Type? Yes. First-gen R8, absolutely. That's really good. So first-gen R8, that is a special car. It's and also
1: it's, a rare beast. Yes, it and is. And the,
0: the uniqueness mm-hmm. is all there. They have aged really, really well. That's I'll tell good. you, the, the spec I would have is that they were blue with the carbon fiber side blade yeah. and like the the caramel color interior. Oh, yeah. I've only seen a couple like that. They are spectacular.
1: They're ageless. They really are, especially with that gated yes. shifter.
0: So, first gen Audi R eight V eight, and then excellent. the last one I've got for you that's in a similar category, but it doesn't come in a, in a manual. And that is, get yourself the the most expensive one you can in your budget, but get yourself a Mercedes GT, the current GT coupe. True. Oh,
1: there are that I, does it for me. I, I know <laughs> that car just that does is it to me. honestly
0: that is a nine eleven mixed with a muscle car made into a luxury beast. Yeah. I've driven it on the street. I've driven it on the track. We had one in Atlanta. We, we slinked our way through Atlanta in that car. Oh, yeah. I don't think, honestly, there is another car on the road right now, and I'm including hypercars, that has the road presence that thing does. Totally agree. It just sits there in traffic still or moving like, I'm coming to get you. I, am, it's the, and I love that thing. I would get in a Mercedes GT at any point of the country, and somebody said, drive to here, and I'd be like, okay, let's go there. <laughs> Bing, bong. Alaska? Sure. How long have we got? Let's take (laughs) take the Mercedes. Let's go to Alaska. That is fantastic. So those are my three. F-Type, R8, and Mercedes GT. Drive those, please, and find yourself something special, man. Cars are made to be driven, and we can't imagine a future without driving cars we really love. Luckily, the folks at Haggerty feel the same way. That's why they support this show. One of the many things Haggerty offers for people who love cars is insurance for their enthusiast vehicles. But that also includes classic
1: cars, trucks, motorcycles, collectibles, and even boats. They also protect raced vehicles off the track and can even insure vehicles on the track for HPDE events and track days. In fact, we use Haggerty Track Day insurance every time we drive the Cayman and Elise on our local track, and it adds huge peace of mind. Learn more about Haggerty and quote insurance at haggertycom
0: slash everyday driver. Guys, thank you for the questions. I want to remind you this is podcast 670. I bring that up because at every 25 variable, so 675 will be the next one, we do all questions podcasts. And at the 75 and the 25, we do all questions about cars With a few extras in there. The crazy ones are when we do all non-car questions. That's when I get really nuts. But it will be a live streaming podcast on YouTube. It'll be done on that Thursday coming up when we get to 675, coming up in a couple weeks. But what I do like is that we just randomly get movie questions. Nothing to do with cars. (laughs) And i got to answer this. Wade (laughs) asks this question on Facebook. He says, um, were trailers always a thing? And why do they give away so much of the movie now? Two reasons. Two things going on. First off, you know why they're called trailers? They used to be after In the old movie palaces where you ran, they used to run like an A movie and a B movie.
1: They'd run trailers
0: after the A movie and then there were trailers after the B movie. That's why they were called trailers. And I don't know if you remember this. I didn't know that. It's great. But in the 90s, early 2000s, because they all had the the green preview banner on the front, everybody referred to them as previews. And then sometime in the early 2000s, the industry and then the world at large started to take on, and then YouTube always listened this way, the original industry term. When I first went to work in Hollywood, all they talked about was trailers. I was like, what the heck's a trailer? Mm. And I had, to, cause I thought of them as movie previews. That's how I, Oh you know, sure. No, they they they've always in Hollywood been referred to as trailers cause they started after the film. You'd watch the whole movie. You'd, because also think about this, you used to watch movies and all the credits were at the front. The entire credit roll. watch a movie from the sixties. The entire credit roll is the first thing you see. And then you watch the film and then what does it do at the end? It says the end and then it's over. <laughs> It just said true. Or if it was a foreign film, it said fiend. So anyway, so you got to V in and the next thing on the reel, like it would say V in and it would fade to black. And then it would be all the, what we think of as movie previews. It would be the trailers trailing the film. Huh? That's why they're called that. They've been around forever. The reason they give away so much of the movie is because the filmmakers, no, that's not fair. The filmmakers would like you to not, the studios are desperate to have you go. And, what mm, I hate this but it's so the, the 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 storyteller in me despises what I'm about to tell you okay okay, okay. I've always hated this about trailers but <clears throat> there is a thinking in Hollywood that the way to get people to go is to give them exactly what they expect I'm not going really? to I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you something and you're going to think the movie goes a to B, and it really goes A to C. I'm not going to tell you that because I want you to, c- to come and enjoy the movie and tell your friends it was awesome because it was exactly what you expected. So trailers typically give you everything that's going to happen in the movie so that when you show up and put your butt in the seat, you get exactly what they promised you and nothing different. I hate that. And what you'll notice is mm. filmmakers, Christopher Nolan springs to mind, because think about how confusing Tenet was. What that movie still about? You still see it. I'm you're still going. I'm still. I need really to see it Really sure that I don't know. Okay, filmmakers with power, you'll notice their trailers don't give away everything because that is a filmmaker who is trading on their name and the fact that you want to come see the latest movie from so and so and so. The trailer gives away less. We had these conversations because new of line. either
1: the actors or the filmmaking style or mm-hmm. whatever. That you're going to come,
0: yeah. so we don't have to tell you everything. And there have been movies. Look, I'll give you the flip side. There have been movies that have tanked because the trailers didn't give you enough to want to go so this further emboldens people that are dealing in marketing to just go we got to give it all and the worst the absolute worst is a low budget romantic comedy that trailer (laughs) that trailer is the two and a half minute version of the entire film I know I know when they broke up I know why
1: they broke up I know the scene where they're going to get back together and you know what I don't need to see it now I've seen the trailer (laughs) what about when trailers contain scenes that are not in the film or contain actors and actresses reshoots that are not in the film. They appear in the trailer and you want to go see the movie because, Oh, that person's in the trailer. Mm -hmm. That means they're in the movie. That's what my brain tells me. I'll give you. And then you go to the movie and that scene that I wanted to see the full cut of ain't there.
0: They're counting on you forgetting. I'll give you one of the most egregious modern time examples. Star Wars, rogue one, Okay. Go find the original trailer for that. I know you probably don't even remember that, I, that movie existed. What are you talking about? But you as the, the collective you that care about Star Wars, <laughs> go find that trailer on YouTube. Half that trailer is not in the film. There's like the whole, the whole last act of the movie was completely reshot. There's moments that happen in the trailer, which means visual effects were done, stuff was finished, actors were shot, and it was shown to the general public, and those scenes don't even
1: exist. As in trailer was done and cut and out before... Before they, the because, was because done? they
0: were promoting it because it was Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It was long lead, long, long lead. Hey, Rogue One is coming, and then it was a disaster and it wasn't screening well and they had problems with the director, and so guess what? They reshot huge sections of it. Jeez. So this is this is what happens. Because it's either problems with the story and it needs to be reshot, or very commonly we've we've had the trailer and we've also shown advanced versions to the audience and now we realize we need to change a bunch of things and so some of that stuff was in the trailer. Not in the trailer anymore.
1: Hmm. Jeremy Hartson writes to us about the slow death of the manual transmission, which we continually lament, (laughs) but asking, is there a case for one in an SUV, specifically performance SUVs Like like the six speed Cayenne ever since the very first time he shopped for a new vehicle around the year 2007. You remember that year? I do remember that year. He's complained that vehicles like the FX-35, the MDX, Grand Cherokee, and friends have never offered a manual transmission. This is true. Now, with the rise of electric vehicles and the continued disappearance of manuals in traditional road cars, there's a slim to none chance we'll ever see an all-wheel drive SUV paired with a good fashioned, good old-fashioned clutch and shifter. Yes, mm-hmm. there isn't a case for one in the SUV because, Jeremy, you've got to put yourself in a CEO role. mm. You're either reporting to shareholders or reporting to a lot of employees. Yeah. Yeah. And sales matter. Ultimately, it's a rare car company who puts the car above sales, who puts the desire of the options. car and, yeah, and yeah. what it should have yeah. above sales. Give an example. The new 992 911. The base 911 cannot be purchased with a manual transmission. Hmm. Interesting you have to point. Move up to the S, which costs more, but then it does it doesn't cost you more. But that price <laughs> is baked in for them to develop a manual transmission to make their money back for selling the car. Yeah, yeah. For the ba- PDKs, PDKs and everything. Let's just put it in the base. sell Base. Yeah. So if you have a base non S nine eleven, it's a PDK. Interesting. You can't get a manual. They don't even give you that option because that's what most people are buying. If you're Brand new to the Porsche brand. I just got in a 911. Brand new to yeah. 911s. You can't spec sure, it like sure. you want. Mm-hmm. It takes development dollars, especially in the case of an SUV. How many people, Jeremy, do you know that know how to drive manuals and yes. do so on a regular basis? All of us listening, yes. We're all Theoretically, together. But yes, some, yes. Many people not listening don't know how to drive a manual, and that's
0: sure, fine. Sure. But then the flip side is how many people do you know who would daily a manual? Right? They know how to drive one. That's fine. I love them. They're really cool. Oh yeah, I've always liked manual. Do you daily one?
1: Nope. Would you daily one? Nope. Exactly right. So the buying public, that those metrics when the sales numbers come back in, it's not worth it to offer that anymore. Mm -hmm. To the point where Ferrari did it Mm -hmm. and stopped making manual transmissions. Of all car companies to stop. Yeah. Ferrari? Yeah. And they stopped because Nobody was specking it, it was out with a manual. Two
0: percent of their
1: buyers when Nobody they killed it It was two percent. Yeah. Yeah. So the buying, the buying public won the, the numbers won. And mm-hmm. as a CEO, as a person, you know, high up in the organization, and you're looking at the numbers and saying, "Well, this is where we have to justify our dollars and our expenditure because that's what the people are buying, and we want to sell cars, and you have to make those tough choices. You can't just say, well. You know, (laughs) just for the enthusiasts. Well, we spent money developing this really great transmission mm -hmm. that 890 people around the world are going to buy. Our friend Savage Geese did a really
0: good video breakdown of this because the the, the problem self-perpetuates. Because what happens is you're going to put all the development dollars in the thing you're going to sell the most of. Let's let's just say, let's be nice. Let's say you're going to sell 80% of the cars with an auto and you're going to sell 20% with a manual. Well, you're going I to think put, car companies would
1: consider it nowadays they, if they, the they number would, was that high. absolutely
0: would. But the problem is you're sending 80% of the development dollars are going toward the automatic version, and you have 20% of the dollars left over to make a manual. So what happens is, as manuals have gotten less popular, less of the development dollars have gone into making a decent manual in the first place. So that means the people that, again, they did a great video, people that buy the manual, get in the manual and go like, this isn't a very good manual. Well, mm-hmm. of course it's not, because we didn't spend any money right. making a good one. So what do they do? They don't buy the manual, and then the, and then the next time, it's 90% automatics. Yep. And of the development dollars, and you see the cycle continue. So the manuals are terrible to begin with. I'll give you a weird exception. I recently got in the Bronco, which unfortunately, to your point, you cannot get the big, good engines. This includes the new Bronco Raptor Shelby Hennessy thing. You can't get the big engines with all the power with a manual. You can only get the base engine with the manual. Yeah, But that manual feels great.
1: Great! To I know. got
0: in one recently and was like, "This actually." Yeah, just, just took just. I was at an auto show. We 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 drove one that was uh, that was auto. Right. But I was at an auto show with my son here in Salt Lake, and I, I happened to see one. A man was like, "Wait a minute!" So I hopped in it. Of course, the clutch was light, and that's not a surprise. But mm-hmm. the actual shift action was satisfying, and I just thought, that's "Okay, great news. you, you want if you're gonna get a manual, let's let's have it with all the engines." But whatever. But at least it's a decent feeling manual. So it's not common, and you've got to really f- worry about the development dollars. And unfortunately, it's all.
1: Dying. Well, it seems like Jeep and, uh, and Ford are still doing that. It's kind of me. Because there's
0: off-road people that want to do manual. Yeah. That's why, yeah.
1: It's kind of funny because I was thinking about GM and their, you know, what's their entry now that Ford's got the, mm-hmm. the Bronco Raptor mm-hmm. and Jeep's got the 392. What is GM's competition? I thought they're nope. just going in a different direction with yep. Hummer. They're just doing their own thing. I don't even know if a new electric Hummer would even compete against It's a different animal. It's a different buyer. I mean, they could probably do similar things. The electric Hummer is going to be
0: bought by the people that would buy a Range Rover. That's the clientele. Yeah.
1: Okay. Interesting. But they're just, yeah, they're a different market. They're going after a different segment. And weirdly enough, they've identified a different buyer. Yeah, for sure. Because Hummer buyers and Bronco Raptor buyers, I don't think they're even looking at each other. That's a fair point. You know you want that new... Or you know you want the Jeep or whatever, so GM is out of it. It's just these two left. Ian Carey, I carry five five
0: six on Instagram. Says um, this is a bad story. He said he decided a while ago he wanted an eighty six chassis. He just mm. he heard all the discussion. He, he was excited about it. He found one. He flew from Utah to California. He bought himself an FRS. So it's obviously a little bit older. He bought it with eighty thousand miles, and he was changing the oil the other day, having had it three months, and he found metal in his oil.
1: Oh. Sorry to hear. Oh,
0: so he's getting the oil analyzed to confirm his suspicions. He's pretty sure that the bearings are degrading. So this is the question. Should he sell the car and let the next guy deal with it, or should he rebuild the engine and keep it? He said he's re- rebuilt super engines before. That actually doesn't scare him at all. So it's not a matter of if he can. He's asking if he should. Ian, there's, there's, a, there's a judgment call in here, and that is are you going to tell the person you're selling it to that that's the case? Now Mm -hmm. I am the guy that I want to tell you everything. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Now
0: I realize that I've been sold cars Mm -hmm. where the guy didn't tell me everything. I have been. I I totally have been. I've been. I've been. There's been some gotchas in my life. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I am the guy that look. I want to tell you everything I know about the car. And if the car goes wrong after you buy it from me, it's because I genuinely didn't know that.
1: (laughs) It's mainly because I don't want to hear from you after. No. Seriously. (laughs) I. 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 I don't. I I don't
0: want you to call me because Todd, this just happened. I.
1: I I told you everything I knew. Exactly. I've never
0: heard of that before. I want to be able to say that with honesty. So are you willing to tell the next person that this has happened? That's part of my question. The second thing is, if you are, how much of a bath are you going to take on what it's worth? If If you're wanting to unload it with this divulged, how much less are you going to get for the car? Is that worth it? All of this takes me back to I am not a mechanic. The idea of rebuilding the engine is I hired somebody but you know how to do it. You've done it before. Yeah. Yeah. So I very much think if you still like this car and you haven't divulged, I get the impression you do. You're just disappointed. (laughs) That means there may have been a problem from the person you bought it from and they didn't tell you, how does that make you feel? That's not fun. But if rebuilding it is something you personally can do and actually wouldn't mind doing, then rebuild it because it's worth so much less now in its current condition or it's a gotcha if you sell it for what it's worth. Exactly right. I don't like either of those scenarios very much for you. You rebuild it, you'll know everything that's going on with that engine. It'll be done right, and then it'll just run.
1: And theoretically, won't we be able to get more? Absolutely. We, well, but, I, I but, would think so. But then there's nothing to divulge. Exactly. Then it's just, you want Receipts. my FRS? <laughs> yeah.
0: You yeah. want my FRS? Here's here's the story. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's, here's what it is. It's great is what it is. Otherwise, it's yeah, it's got metal in the oil. I don't want to buy that car, yeah. even if I
1: know what I'm getting. Like nobody I, okay, does. You know what? I'm going to call somebody else. Thanks for your time. Unless it was the guy who bought your Mitsubishi, your Lancer. Well,
0: he he, but he got us got it for a song.
1: He got it for a song. Yeah, he knew what he was getting. Yes, but he does that kind of thing. He's and I builder. lost money on it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Somebody losing the money. He
0: was the right guy for that yeah. car for sure. He's he's using it as his
1: shop car. It's so he funny. drives that car everywhere. He loves it. That's. At least it's driving. At least yeah. it's back on the road. Harvey M. says his M240i has staggered wheels and tires. Yes. Since the wear- rears wear out far more quickly due to his MOFs driving. What, what are you doing there? What is she doing?
0: I, uh, Burnouts? Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hang drifting. on. Wait wait, wait. wait. Due to the Minister of Finance's driving, you say that as if it's not my fault. What are you oh, doing Oh, he says, I'm car? sure. I'm sure. Okay. So uh-huh. wink, Yeah. Wink. Right. Of oh, uh-huh. course. How many donuts did you do this uh-huh. week? Yeah.
1: All right, we got it, Harvey. Is it okay to not replace all four at once? Well, absolutely. When Mike Cayman arrived, the two rears had just been replaced by the dealership, Porsche North Scottsdale, because the rears wore out more quickly. Mm -hmm. But if you do, you're just wasting money at that point. I love that you're keeping an eye on it. You know, we love that you're paying attention to your tire tread and depth Mm -hmm. and wear and all that stuff. But yeah, keep the fronts, you know, until they're ready to go, until they're shot. And then now you're just on a. An off schedule. You're not on an all four schedule. Okay, that matters not at all. Make sure they are the same brand and same spec as the front's. Yeah, so the, you're the, the you're front, not, the
0: front year should, and rear should match. its tire type,
1: exactly. Yes. Type, brand, everything. Mm-hmm. Just replace them with. And it's tempting to go cheaper. It's tempting to say, oh, "I want to save money." And that's what happens when you buy a used car, and like, all four tires are different because <laughs> that's weird. That had a flat, and you just went cheap there, mm-hmm. and that's all they had available. The two rears were, I just went the cheap route, and the front right is OEM spec.
0: I will say Dang this: it.
1: always buy pairs. Absolutely, and sometimes that hurts. But there's no reason you have to buy all four. Absolutely, all four. You're you're just uh, yeah. You're not spending your money well. And also, Harvey says, what whiskey has the best designed bottle? You work your way over to gordonandmcphail.com. I, I never would, they 're you for letting me know. <laughs> Generations releases are based on being the oldest, essentially, and one of their oldest is 80 years old, but they also have 70 years old. But their bottles are really, they're sculptured. They look like a, mm-hmm. a raindrop. Huh, it's just a special that's crazy. event. Because it is an event.
0: Kevin Burke, last question for me. He's asking to confirm if there will be a Utah meetup this year, and when will pilgrimage take place? Kevin, we are already in discussions with our partner, RSR uh Ron Simon's racing over in Germany, and we're working on dates for pilgrimage. We're expecting it to be in September. We do not have official dates yet, but we are planning to go. 2022, we are going. I know many of you are very curious about it. Our hope is that registration will be up before the end of March for a trip happening in September. So we'll keep you informed. There will be a Utah Utah meetup. It will also be in the fall, but obviously we've got to get pilgrimage placed before we plan the Utah meetup. That registration will take place long after the registration closes for Europe since Europe takes a lot more lead time. Yep. So yep. sometime early midsummer there'll be registration for the Utah meetup. We're planning pretty much an eight broke, don't fix it. The, r- the route last year was
1: awesome. <laughs> We're just going <laughs> to totally. go again. Exactly. Thanks for all your questions, guys. Really appreciate it. So nice to hear from you. TV at gmail.com to send in your topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and most of all your car debates. Yep. Send to us there. We're looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone.